good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV on a Libations Friday. Loosey-goosey edition of the program. I enjoy saying loosey-goosey. That's Tom. He is here, director, a little under the weather, but here also from afar. That's a nice thing to know. He's he's here, working hard, too. Uh, on Twitter, it's at J. Cameron Show. Good day to you, sir. How goes it? I got to tell you, I'm a little disappointed. We were supposed to get baseball today at 2 o'clock, and it got pushed to tomorrow because the weather in Greenville ain't so hot. I was really disappointed when I saw that tweet this morning from Eric Llewellyn that it was a wash in Greenville, South Carolina, a place that you and I surprisingly both enjoy, Greenville downtown, like the heart of Greenville, uh, I like. Um, I don't know that I've seen a ton of the rest of Greenville. I don't know that I need to, but I I enjoy downtown Greenville uh, quite a bit, partly because I love the um, the little uh, green monster there, the, the, the little Fenway, that they play their minor league baseball in where these games are going to be played. It's a great venue. They're still going to be played. The schedule changes to start tomorrow. But I'm so gung-ho on baseball right now that both the the aesthetic I wanted to watch, but then also the team is undefeated and playing good baseball. So I was eager to see them play another game. Yeah, and the challenge of it, it's going to you know push your bullpen a little bit more. In a, in a series of three games, I know that you're playing against three different teams, mm-hmm. but you could have, you know, reliever A or setup man A or de facto closer A in Dorsey pitch for you on Friday. And let's say it was only 26 pitches over two and a third or something along those lines. You could roll them back out there Sunday. Not the case anymore. Mm-mm. So whoever you use out of the pen, likely, likely Done. you're going to be using them just the one time. So you're going to get some more exposure uh, if you're a younger arm or somebody a little bit down the line in the bullpen. Unless, of course, unless the starters just decide to shove. And they could do that, too. That'd be fine. It's just I I was excited that we would be talking FSU baseball in the second and third innings of the games live on the air and not to be today. That's all right. It's loosey-goosey. We'll talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about. Good to see everybody in the chat already. By the way, P. Simpson, thank you. Your sense of humor is always appreciated. Um... Especially that second part. Nothing better than driving through McDonough to get to South Carolina. Yeah, you get your grand reward is to get out of McDonough and through Atlanta and end up in South Carolina. Woo. That bar in left field, Liberty Something, has to be one of the nicest bars in the entire state of South Carolina. Greenville, yeah. Then Greenville. That that's where we were. You and I hold up there. The morning of uh, the Clemson yeah. Florida State game. I like there's several little well I shouldn't say several. There's a couple little bars there in uh in Greenville that I like. Uh I got a buddy. Shout out to you, Dan. Maybe listening, in fact, uh, in Greenville, South Carolina. He and his lovely wife have been friends of mine for a long, long time. And uh, they moved there years ago, and they're the only people I know in Greenville. But I like that bar, and I like that downtown, so we're, we've got that. Hey, you know what else I like? I really like watching Braden Fisk just dominate yesterday at the Combine. We, we like the Combine on the Jeff Cameron Show. We like the football nerdiness of the off season, the football nerdiness that is the combine. We like to play the game of pseudo. I'm the G- GM of such and such team. What do I do with my free agents and how does it relate to the draft? For example, it's kind of fun to play the role right now if you wanted to 
uh, uh, you know, the Chicago Bears scenario to be the to be the GM there. They've got real decisions to make, right? Now, I don't think it's a big decision to make to move on from Fields. Uh, I I would move on from Fields, and uh, and I would do so without hesitance, understanding that that down five years from now he may be good. It's a weird league. It's a weird set of circumstances. I believe he's ten and twenty eight with the Bears. We're gonna go take it on down the road, Tom Wang. Now that's not that's a that's a win loss stat. It's not a quarterback stat. We do know, however, for example, if you're really good at quarterback, you're probably not going ten and twenty eight in your first few years in the league. See C.J. Stroud in one year with the Texans, right? Yeah, <laughs> like you know, Fields has had some nice moments. Objectively, nice runs. You know, three and four games. We at already time. knew he could do that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I'm not even. I'm sorry. You're, I'm not talking about rushes. I'm saying I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking a, a three or four game period yeah. of his career where you're saying that's nice, but it's not the same as when you look at Stroud. It's not the same as when you saw Herbert. And even though Herbert's record isn't that great, I mean, there's a uh, difference. There's a difference. Big difference. When you have that guy, you know you have that guy. When you have something less than that, you know you have Baker Mayfield. You know, and Baker's nice. All right. Gives you a puncher's chance. But he doesn't give you the lockdown answer that mm. everybody is starving for at this level. No. It's it's no. not the same thing. And I would put Justin Fields, different player, but in the Baker Mayfield camp. I uh, think he's less than Baker Mayfield. Last year's probably. But oh, if you look yeah. at you know Baker's last three full seasons of his resume, like eh. yeah, but he also took the Browns to the playoffs, and he's a guy. He, he eh, I think Justin's not as good. <laughs> well, at any rate, if you're having this debate about is Justin Fields better or not than Baker Mayfield, you should move on. You should move you should on. Move on. <laughs> Justin that, yeah, Fields. That yeah. has made our yeah. point. Yeah, if you're not sure, it's time to move on. Um, yeah, it's funny. I'm not life spectator. I'll just say this: It's not like the Texans did a damn thing with all those pieces you think they have prior to C.J. Stroud being there. There wasn't in the last few years a whole bunch of evidence that the Texans were on the cusp of greatness. Um, we're throwing down with some confrontation in the high school league chat. Just, I'm just saying, hold on a second here. No, C.J. made a huge difference, and I also now listen. Coaching matters too, and they had a first year coach that looks like he's going to be a hit. And so there are a lot of things here. This is the fun part of all of it is like, so for example, this is, this is ideal when you start with the bears and talk about quarterback and then talk about where you want to move and go from there. Then you have to incorporate the Falcons who are rumored to be going after fields. And and if you're a Falcons fan, you're going, what are we doing? Did you see uh, or, or watch uh, Raheem's, Raheem Morris's quote about quarterback play in Atlanta? No. He said, well, if it wasn't a problem, I probably wouldn't be here today. Like, that's a great quote. I wouldn't be your new head coach if, if there was a, if quarterback a quarterback situation that was that was stable and good. Well, the, the, the thing is, I don't – if you're the Falcons, why are you going to give up anything to go get fields? Now, that's a different question. Now, if you're the Falcons and you think you're close and you think that the only reason you're not winning is quarterback, frankly, go get Kirk Cousins. Why wouldn't you go get Cousins? I mean, he's a plus player. He's not elite. He's a plus player. You, If you think that's all you need and you've got weapons around him and a defense that you like, they do have a run game. Uh, Cousins played well last year before he got hurt. He, he's he's a plus quarterback. I'd go that route. Um, and, and one of the things you could do if you – I guess if you're the Falcons, one thing you could do is is you could take, let's say you got a Cousins, you draft one of these quarterbacks. 
and just let him sit a year or two. I think we're starting to maybe move at a place where that's once again acceptable, where people can say, hey, you know, it's not a bad idea. Not everybody's ready to hit the ground running. Some are. Some are, but not everybody is. Well, this is where, yes, the argument comes uh, 180 degrees. It, it's full circle if you're looking at it from you know 20 years ago or 15 years ago. But because salaries are slotted, because there's a cap on rookie right, contracts. Right, you're not taking it, yeah. Right, you had to. You know, the Sam Bradfords of the world had to be the answer because they're eating up such a huge portion of your salary cap that, I mean, if it's not him and you're going to have him be groomed by another guy, you're out of money. Like, the other guy has to be better than him. Like, it was Kitna versus uh, for Palmer. John Kitna was the one that, you know, he started for, I think, one full year before Carson Palmer took over in Cincinnati. If you tried to do the equivalent of that today, man, just, you know, it makes a hell of a lot more sense than 10 years ago with Sam Bradford's contract because Sam made the most money. I mean, well, we know he had two contracts. He got in by playing, uh, what was it, like three full seasons yeah. of decent football? Yeah. But he made more money than anybody else at the time, and it wasn't close. Huge amounts. Uh, yeah, I, I think I would go that route. Um, by the way, Cousins will be back, David, but by the start of the season. All reports are that he's mending nicely and he'll be back. So you could go get him, and he could be your starting quarterback. Uh, it's weird when you're in a position like that. You can you can look at a lot of different options, uh, including what what should the Bears do? I mean, besides moving on from him, uh, if you probably could get a king's ransom for that number one pick, and if you have a lot of needs and you want a guarantee, well, I mean, the biggest guarantee I think in the draft is probably Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. I mean, you're not gonna now. They've got two picks, so it's it right there. You, you know, you could you could package something where you could still get a quarterback that you like, and see if you could also get Harrison. That wouldn't suck. Obviously, you want to maximize assets, and you're in a weird position that you're seldom in with this many picks this early. Yeah, it's a strange one, though. Like, sometimes when you see this circumstance where teams have it stacked, you know, their second pick is number four or number three. The Bears don't pick again until nine. Till nine, but I'm saying you could package this deal. How about you How about you work something to where you could get, well. I mean, who? but who from the top ten would want to jump up to number one? Because like, that's what I, I would want to okay. assure that I get a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, one of the guys before they're all gone. You have to get one of the quarterbacks, like maybe the right? Giants at six? Boy, those bastards are perpetually in need of a quarterback. <laughs> they keep on re-signing Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Much to the chagrin yeah. of every Giants fan I know. They're like, why do we keep doing this? Like the Chargers at five? No. Nope. The Cardinals should be, but they're not. They're putting out social media about franchise, and, and it's a photo of Kyler Murray. The Patriots are at three. I mean, could well they just they gave be... Kyler Murray a gazillion dollars. They yeah. kind of can't move they, off of I it. I know they can't, but they should. They should. Are the Patriots desperate enough to move up ahead of Washington because they're so scared? Tennessee needs a quarterback, although they just drafted one. And they he's, got Levis. Yeah, they believe he'll be all right. Don't you just feel like that ain't going to work? <laughs> Probably not. Although his he had a good game, and I, I was shocked he had one. So. He had more than one good yeah. game. Yeah. Atlanta needs a quarterback. Denver at 12? I don't know. Wanting to move up? They can stay where they are because you know who they're going to draft. You ready? Peyton's going to draft J.J. McCarthy. You know damn well who Peyton's going to take. He's going to take J.J. McCarthy. Or Bo Nix. Yeah, but especially J.J. McCarthy. 
That's who he's going to take. Vegas needs a quarterback. Saints, golly, a lot of people need quarterbacks. I mean, you can argue that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers need a quarterback. We're not moving all the way up there, and I think they're going to try to re-sign Baker, who had a great year. He had a very good year. A lot of times in the circumstance, though, your trade partner is in that top five range. It's just this is a weird year where that doesn't happen. You know, This is how the Bears got Trubisky. They were in that top five. This is how well, they moved up into that top. That was the this dumbest. This is how thing the Bears the got the situation they're in because they Carolina sold to, the farm. They moved up to get Trubisky, right, and Carolina did it for Bryce. Could have had Mahomes. That's right. Bears fans just walk around punching their own testicles repeatedly when they mm. think about quarterback. Because even McMahon, and I'm old enough to remember McMahon yeah. playing. You're not, but I watched him play. He was mediocre, surrounded by elite talent everywhere. Now, there's the example of an average ass guy being surrounded by a boatload of talent, including one of, if not the greatest running back of all time, and a defense that's second to none historically. So, yeah. They've got Jay Cutler with Jeffrey and... Um, yeah, but Jay Cutler, come on. And Brandon Marshall under Tressman. Like, that's their, that's that's the, their that, offensive era. If you're talking passing. Yeah, they had Harbaugh. <laughs> They, I mean, goodness gracious, Rex Grossman took him to a Super Bowl. Super Bowl I was at. They were winning. Hey, they scored first. It was Hester. Went to the house, and then in the and then the rains came, and I went into the owner's box and ate lobster. It was awesome. And then watched Prince. I did. And so when I tell people I was at that Super Bowl, I don't reference it as the Rex Grossman Super Bowl. I instead reference it as the Prince Halftime Show Super Bowl, which was incredible. But, yes, that was uh, – That's funny. You know um, – Peyton caught his brother. The sheriff caught his brother on the backs of a defensive effort, a mm-hmm. defensive team mm-hmm. for Denver that was unbelievable. But if you're talking about Super Bowl legacy, like of the games themselves, Peyton won two of the least memorable Super Bowls in history. Yeah, Bears-Colts is in, at the forefront of people's memories. It was a deluge, yeah. first of all. Now, the only thing famous about that Super Bowl besides the kick return is Prince. Yes, exactly. And he was fantastic. So you've got Prince and then Cam didn't dive on the ball. Like, those are the memories from Peyton's two Super Bowls. Whereas for Eli, it's... But Cam not diving on the ball still pisses me off. And the, you know it's the weirdest thing in the world about that? We were on the air together when this happened. And yeah. I was like, man, I have heard so many excuses for why he didn't dive on the ball. People like tripped over themselves to try to figure out a way to explain how it was my man didn't try to dive on the ball. And I'll never know why he didn't, because here's the thing. What you're implying initially, and at least it would sound like it when you heard my criticism at the time, is that he was soft, is that he didn't want to get hit, or that he was worried he was going to get hit while efforting to dive on the ball. But of course, we know Cam's not soft. Never was. Took abuse all the time was so big that a lot of the abuses weren't called. It was like Shaq. He was fouled on every play, but he can't call it every play. So they just you just play on, deal with the fouls. So I know he's not soft. I still, for the life of me, cannot figure out how when a ball is – it's the Super Bowl, my man. If It's not preseason. This isn't week two and you've got, you know, 14 more games to play. It's the Super Bowl. If you were going to risk life and limb to dive on a ball, that's the game to do it. And the guy you're playing against, since he came back and played for Denver, couldn't feel his fingertips. No. Didn't even know if he had an arm when he woke up each morning. He literally couldn't feel his fingertips. He threw for 50 touchdowns his first year back. (laughs) It's just weird. Quarterback as a position is weird. You can look like Peyton Manning and be one of the best. 
You know, every, oh, yeah. All oh. the other positions in football. I mean, maybe every once in a while you find a wide receiver who is tiny or skinny. and Yeah, just, and finds a way, yeah. You know, Warwick Dunn is an exception, not a rule. But most of the time in football, you got to look the part. Except a quarterback. Yeah. You could look like his brother Eli, and you could be a really good quarterback. I mean, hell, Baker Mayfield. Help Mahomes. Mahomes. He's got a dad bod. He does. Yeah. He's got a beer gut. Now, I suspect, like most of these guys, when you stand next to him, though, you realize. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying you would be in awe of Baker Mayfield. He's not a big dude. But what I but there are, like, a lot of the guys. So, it's this is funny. This comes up all the time. My son and I have talked about this. When you watch Golden State, Steph looks tiny. He looks tiny. Steph's 6'3", dude. If Steph walks into the bar, he ain't small. He's 6'3". He's one of the taller guys at most bars you're at. But in the NBA, he's tiny. And I think that's true with probably like if you're standing next to Patrick Mahomes or any of these other oh, guys. Sure. You're kind of like, oh, like, wait, wait, yeah, yeah. You would know it. You know they're yeah. an athlete. Yeah. But it's just, you know, they don't have to be what a linebacker needs to be. Oh, God, no. Mm -mm. Not even close. No, no, you don't know. Those guys are... Preternaturally, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Hey, let's let's talk about the FSU guys. We'll do it here in a second. They good day yesterday for a lot of guys or a few guys, and 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 even the guy who whose measurables weren't good, save for the forty, may have done himself the favor that Tom and I were talking about yesterday, which is find a way to get drafted because of elite speed on special teams. Like that, that's maybe what's going to happen for one of our guys. Jeff Cameron, show ninety three three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Jeff Cameron Show. Appreciate you, you podcasters, you. We also appreciate our friends at Zaxby's. You hear me say that a lot. I need to say it a new way today so you're not hearing the same thing over and over and over again. Zaxby's is delicious. Danny does a great job, and he's been a Golden Chief booster at Florida State for over 19 years now. He cares a lot. He invests in Florida State. He invests in the Jeff Cameron Show. That means you should race out to Zaxby's right now and get a salad, Tom, a salad. The salad, the fingers, the platters, it's all good stuff. And this is the part of the year where in Tallahassee the weather is so nice. A lot Texas of outdoor toast. settings. Just thought I'd say it. And you got it before I could. Mm -hmm. But this is the time of year where in, in town you want to go outside, go to Cascades, go to the ballpark. Get the platters, baby. Get outdoors and just bring some food. So when you do go to potluck, an outdoor potluck, don't waste time in the oven or mm -hmm. on the, uh, what, what they call it, a range. Don't do that. Don't no. be cooking. No. Go to Zaxby's. They're all over the place. Get the platter. Get the Texas toast. Get the spicy Zax sauce. And you can get some sweet tea while you're at it, too. Bring the tea for the people. Forget about it. Good stuff. Zaxby's. We appreciate you, Zaxby's. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply it's jeff cameron showing a live it's friday lucy goosey hope you're well Sorry, getting organized here. Wanted to double check a number. Also, I should tell you on the heels of the Orange Theory Fitness commercial that I don't know how many of you in the chat could hear it, whatever. Uh, 
they've added something to Orange Theory that I think is is important to point out, and I think uh, is is something I'm inclined to do uh, more of that I like. It's called Tread Fifty. So, you know, you they have the Strength Fifty, and you can concentrate on lower body. You know, a lot of a lot of heavy lifting uh, for your legs. Uh, they have it for upper body as well, but they also have uh, Tread Fifty, uh, which if you're all you're looking to do is cardio on that day. They've got you. You're not going to go to the floor and do all the other stuff. You're just going to concentrate on interval training, uh, running, and, and also using uh, the rower. So it's cool. It's, 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 it's just more options currently at Orange Theory than ever before for, like, you to kind of personalize your week. And you know what? Like, you know, Monday, maybe I'm not going to go heavy on Monday, or I am, depending. Weightlifting Tuesday, if I'm not going to do that, then maybe I'm going to do more cardio. Then I'll just do tread 50, that kind of thing. So – I like that they're giving you more opportunities. And uh, right now, again, they've had that ongoing sale for memberships that I've been talking about. So you're good to go. Get on in there and get off your ass. It's going to be warm soon. Like I said, we'll be wearing less clothes. You don't want to be all frumpy wearing less clothes. That's that's for me, too. That's for me, too. So I mentioned that uh, Braden Fisk, Jared Verse, and others had a good day. Kalen DeLoach ran well, and he needed to. He needed to. Because he was way undersized, which I was worried about. I think his tape is uh, average. So he's going to have to be a specialty player. And in order to be a specialty player, you're going to have to run like the wind blows. And he did, four four seven. So good for Kalen DeLoach. That's moving. That makes a ton of sense, too, given how consistently he could surprise quarterbacks. You know, I think they've got an the internal suddenness of that. Right. Yeah. right. yeah he, they had an internal clock, even if they're right handed like Klubnik was and Clemson. Eh, he, nobody can get here that quickly. And then, oh, no, he can. He's already through your shoulder. And here goes the football. He's yeah. yep. flying. That play, that specific blitz was successful multiple times because he is shot out of a cannon. It's a little bit different. And it's also nice to see when the combine results come in with these players like we watch how each camp this team got stronger and larger and they looked more the part mm-hmm. but you wonder because you don't see Alabama in camp you don't see Bring this Georgia up all the time in i'm camp. not standing there watching michigan on a daily basis but you don't know yeah it's nice when they're all next to each other now in the combine that you know in retrospect oh okay so jared verse is absolutely what it's supposed to look like it's not that he is really really good for the acc really good for florida state in its current no, he's just situation really good. yeah no he's just really good it doesn't matter what program in america that you're talking about and for kalen the hope i would think is the speed opens the door and then you can find your way into the rotation as a proper linebacker because the door was open through special teams that's how again some florida state linebackers in the past like a dakota watson or a geno hayes made it into their second contract and had a decent length of a career. Yeah, you just got to make a team, man, to get paid, and uh, hopefully that speed allows for that. Like you said, then they'll develop him. Um, but somehow, some way, making a roster. And I'm, that's what I'm rooting for all these guys. Obviously, you have higher hopes for certain guys. I, I did not. My personal opinion was that Kalen DeLoach is not a starting linebacker in the NFL at any point, but maybe he gets there. I hope I'm wrong. I just wanted to make a team. You know, I mean, it's a, an unbelievable thing to be able to say that you played NFL football and that you made a roster. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, very few people can say that. And he might very well be able to say that after running a four four seven. Jared Verse, on the other hand, uh, we know is going to make a roster and we know is going to get paid and we have high expectations for what he's going to do once he's there. And, I, you know, there's no such thing as a can't miss. Whether we see a guy be uber productive in college or not, you know, we've seen guys do very little in college and go on to have successful NFL careers, shocking all of us. We've seen guys 
dominate college football and be average to below average in the NFL for whatever reason. But I feel like Jared Verse is pretty close to a can't miss here. And, I, and, and there's a couple of factors that play into this. Now that we've seen the measurables, what he weighed, the length, size, the height, all of that measured up. Not everybody does. You know, we get guys listed at 6'5 here, and then you go to the combine, you find out they're 6'3 and a half. And that matters when we're talking about just fractions of an inch here and there uh, for plays being made, so on and so forth, and being valued in a certain way as a different kind of asset because of those asset because of those measurables. Uh, usually they're coupled with many other things, but these all add up to mean something. But it all worked for Jared Verse, and then he did 31 reps with 225, which in and of itself, that's not a football move per se, but that is strength and endurance uh, combined. And, and he is a guy that I think is a, is a triple threat here because of what happened last year. You already knew he could rush the passer. He leaves Florida State with 18 sacks over two years. And then he's a guy that you knew needed to get better against the run. We said his first year here, if I were facing him, I'd run right at him because he's undersized. And it's going to be difficult for him to set the edge. He's a strong dude. We know he's strong. But over the course of a game, having to take on a block and make a tackle, I didn't feel like he could do that for four quarters. Clearly, he understood that that was the knock on him because he came into the following season last year as a guy that had bulked up. He had gotten stronger, which didn't seem possible, but he'd gotten bigger too. He was up into the 250s. I think he weighed in yesterday at 254 and a half. That'll work. That'll work. And he can put on more weight between now and the start of a season. So he got everything adjusted from a from a body type-wise, strength-wise, and then he was hell-bent on stopping the run and becoming a complete defensive end which he did, which is why some of the sack numbers early in the year weren't where people wanted him to be. That team's got the ball out quickly. But I I think what he showed all the way dating back to his time going from high school to Albany to Tallahassee, now to the NFL, is that he's extremely self-motivated. He's an attention-to-detail guy. He's a good teammate. He's smart. And obviously the work ethic is there to do what you have to do to get better in the areas in which you're weak. So if you're interviewing that guy, he's off the charts. The film tells you all the things you need to know. The weaknesses in his game were filled from one year to the next. You're getting a guy who's, I think, going to be more than trustworthy, a guy that you can set it and forget it. Right. Trustworthy, I think, as a starter. Now the question is, does he have the tools to become an upper-level pass rusher you know, in, in the conversation of one of the game's best over a period of two or three years. I'm interested. I'm not so sure, but I think he is an every week starter. Right. And somebody who is going to make plays. So what that, that this is where it gets interesting when we value uh when we try to evaluate assets and where you're drafting and where you take a guy. Now we know that if you're drafted in the first two rounds, especially the first round, teams need production out of you in year one. And, and it doesn't have to be that you come in and you're a pro bowler. They just need you to be a rotational guy in year one. A lot of these guys in past years, if you were drafted that high, I say you were this 18th pick in the draft, you were going to be part of that rotation. We're talking about defensive ends in this situation. And then maybe you were going to help out on special teams. You had to be able to give them something tangible year one, right? And if you're a fifth-round draft choice, that's not true. Can you make the roster? Can you be third man up? 
Can you help us on special teams? It was a good pick. The way we evaluate and check mark the boxes in those moments are very different, right? If I draft you at nine or at seven and you're the second defensive end off the board or the first, I kind of need you to whoop some ass. Like now, I don't need, I'm not waiting on this. Well, that's great. He made the rotation. No, no, no. You got to change games. And if you look at Hutchinson and some of these other guys that have come out in the last few years off the edge, they immediately changed games. Okay, so I'll ask you. I, I wonder if he can be dominant at the NFL level. I think he can be a starter. Is a what starter. He can be. I think. Well, and I think squarely say, you know, if there are, let's say, twenty four four threes, you know, or four down lineman teams, like the three fours around. But I don't know that it's the majority of the NFL. So if you want to call it traditional pass rushing defensive ends, mm -hmm. there are what forty of them in the league. You know, given the way that defenses are constructed, because a lot of teams have outside linebackers that stand up versus edge rushers. So, if it, of the forty, I think he'd be top twenty. I, th I think he can be a steady Eddie, who every once in a while is going to have a pretty good year. But I, I wonder if he can dominate. If he does, I'll be a little bit surprised. But it won't be for a lack of effort, and he won't be he won't be a liability. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. So. What you're describing is a guy that can be a starter in the league for a long time to come, trustworthy, hardworking. We'll, we'll try get to, to the passer on third and obvious. Yeah, yeah. But taking over a game. Like no, I, yeah. no, I don't think he's that player. I think he's a good player. I don't think, you know, I when people say, well, he's not going to be the first off the board at edge, he shouldn't be. Uh, I don't need him to be. But I, I do think he's a starter in the league and a, and a good player. So, you know, this the way you're going to evaluate that is, did, did you take him at 6th or 24th? If you took him at 24th and he's a starter on the league, you're happy. Took him at 6th, you're like, yeah, a little disappointing. A little disappointing. That's the hard part. It gets <laughs> yeah, uncomfortable it, it, for people who are college only or college first. Mm -hmm. You know, but at, at the pro level, I mean, we get it. We shift our mentality on Saturdays and Sundays as yeah. fans of both levels of the sport. And it gets picky. It's like reading a scouting report on your best prospect in baseball. Well, he could probably be a two-starter. Hey, man, he's our best pitcher. Okay. He could be our ace. And you don't Skeens, want to hear he could, the best he could be as a two-starter. Skeens was the number one pick in the draft by the Pittsburgh Pirates. You saw him win the College World Series at LSU and be the most dominant pitcher in the game. He's six foot six, 250 pounds, throws four pitches for strikes, one of which is 98 miles per hour. He's got a wipeout slider. If... Three years from now, four years from now, he's our three starter, struggling to go nine and eight with a three nine eight. I'm gonna be like, come on, man! Now, damn it! That's <laughs> right. Even yeah. though he's a rotation, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But what if he was a two with a three forty five ERA? <laughs> well, and he went thirteen and seven. You know, I'd still be a little disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I'd still yeah, be yeah, disappointed because yeah. we got Mitch Keller to do that. Right. I, I don't need. Well, and that's the thing. Like for for us, like Jameis. You know, like, James is a complex legacy, he is, man. But, it but he's really complex. But was it living up to the number one overall pick? No, and that's that's a bummer. That's a bummer, man, because that was the guy. That was the guy you'd say, all right, now we've had Heisman's here in Tallahassee. Yes, we have. But here, t here it goes a Heisman winner, and he's going to take over the league and be one of the top five, top seven quarterbacks in that conversation every year. And it's not. It didn't happen. No. No. Now he ran up a lot of numbers. In, Huge every, in every column. Broke some records. In every column. Yeah, but broke numbers. some records. I mean, he yeah. goes to a Pro Bowl, throws for over 5,000 yards. Has I mean, there there are moments where you see the, ta the – more than moments. There are games that he was the yeah. best player on the field. The broken back comeback. Yeah. but In the, New Orleans. 
the game against the Rams out there where he throws for like 500 yeah, and something yeah. yards and dominates the game on the road. Uh, I mean, the, they're, they're – The Giants game we lost. It was he perfect was in the perfect, first half. Yeah, yeah. We can't kick a field goal. Well, we wanted to take the uh, delay of game because he's better at greater distances. <laughs> the things coaches say. Jared Verse, we think, is going to be a successful player in the NFL. Let's leave it at that. He had a good day yesterday. Brayden Fisk had the best day of everybody. Brayden Fisk was unreal in the 40 and, of course, made the highlight reel. And I love that they replayed this on a loop on SportsCenter as well as on the NFL Network because they got a great kick, uh, Rich Eisen and crew did, of him going, ooh, yeah, as he crossed the line at running the 40, which is hilarious and who he is, and he knew he was moving. And so did they, all the analysts because as soon as he started running, like, ooh, he's moving. Nobody should be that big running that fast. That is terrifying. And I, and Tom and I can tell you that, and you guys saw it on film because we would post it once a week on War Chan. All of the places would. But, you know, he would race Mike, and it never made any sense to me. I would always be watching that and think, how? How did you just beat Mike Norvell in a, in a, in a 40? But doesn't Norvell feel a little bit better about himself now after seeing that number? Yes. At at his advanced age. Yeah, 42 or whatever Mike is. Right. Yeah, yeah, he's like, yeah. Uh, well, I lost a 478. Yes, yeah, I'm 42. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he does because the other part of that is deep down as a former collegiate wide receiver, it's got to hurt your soul to see a fat offensive line, fat relative. I mean, he's a monster. He's 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 a big guy. Uh, it's not all fat. <laughs> There's a lot of muscle there, a ton of muscle. And I would never call him fat to his face. But I'm saying – He'd laugh at you. Yeah, Mike would look at him and be like, come on, this defensive lineman. But, man, dude's out here running 4-7-8. Uh, and it was the fastest time for any defensive tackle at the combine yesterday. It's a quick quick aside story on Braden Fisk, uh, the legend of Braden Fisk. Uh, about – Two months ago, it was after the season, just after the season ended. He was at uh, Corner Pocket playing trivia. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So he's just a normal guy crushing some wings, doing what he needs to do. He told Ira at the Senior Bowl, all right, just got to focus now. Need to go run a fast 40. And run a fast 40, he did. Because you're right, the guys on the broadcast, when he gets through his first 10 yards, they're watching that for the 10-yard split. And within the clearance of that 10-yard plateau, I think it was Jeremiah. It might have been one of the other analysts. Went, oh, oh, okay. Okay, okay. okay. Here, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. And he outran Mahomes. <laughs> no, it's 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 silliness uh, to the guy to be that big uh, and a guy to run like that. He's an athlete. I, I'm going to tell you, we none of us, I, I, I don't want to take credit for this, but you and I, Having a conversation, I, I, the first time I ever saw Braden Fisk, he's in a green jersey, green jersey because he was recovering from the injury he had at Western Michigan. So in the spring, he could not participate as a full. He would be out there. He would be doing calisthenics. He'd be stretching. He would do whatever drills that he could do that didn't require his shoulder or anything like that to, to have to work. Just looking at him, we, we were very impressed. Just looking at him, we thought, wow, nimble. Big dude, that's a big – he fits the part. You don't know when you're getting a guy from Western Michigan. You don't know when you're getting a guy from Albany. You don't know when you're getting guys from these lower levels of football coming into Florida State. 
you hear about him, you read about him, you go watch the film, but until you're standing next to him, you know what plays and what doesn't at a Power 5 level. You know what plays and what doesn't in comparison to the best you've seen around here if you've been covering, body type-wise. Now, you can't know what's in their heart, you can't know what's in their head, but just body type-wise, you can look at somebody and say, well, that ain't going to work. You recall a certain defensive end we took a chance yeah, on that sure, came in here, and sure. I went, what the hell are we doing? That'll never play. Well, the thing is, and you can't even tell when they do the newcomer interviews in the polo shirts, because you got to see them next to their comrades, right. next to their you know their colleagues for this year. And, and do they stand out in that crowd? Because now Florida State is at that place where Jermaine Johnson would not stick out like a sore thumb. Of course, he would look different yes. among different players. Mm-hmm. Whereas he was a different species of football player for what our program was at the time that he said yes to Florida State. Like, the nearest dude to him was Kier Thomas, and he was also a transfer. Like, none of the guys that were holdovers looked like Jermaine Johnson did at the time. But with Braden, you're right. The first day he comes in, it's it's green jersey and spring practice. But remember, they do those sprints across the field. Oh, yeah. And it's it's like a drill where you pursue and then you got to take off for the sideline. And the coach po- it's almost like a combine drill. Yeah. Because the coach points one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And we're standing on the sideline and he runs at us. And my initial thought was, okay, if he can win in the trenches, that athleticism is nuts. Like if he's actually a good football player, he's going to make so many plays because he's a freak athlete at that size, and the pursuit that he's going to show with that speed. He's going to make plays all over the field from being a defensive tackle, and he did that this year. You saw 55 and so many camera shots this year where the ball was 15 yards downfield on, yeah. a, on, a, on a sweep or something along along those lines. One thing to point out here before we break about Braden Fisk is, okay, so we right away were impressed with him. We thought this will play. Let's see what he looks like when he's healthy, when he gets into it, when we start getting into the scrum in the fall, and he did. That translated right away. Obviously made a huge splash in the LSU game right off the bat against high-level offensive linemen. I mean, he's, he was – you know, they were having to double team him. Yeah. Okay. They, they singled him, and within a quarter, they were like, no. Nope, no, they couldn't block him. Couldn't yep. block him, right. But here's what I'm going to say, and I'm a broken record with this, and it's just that, just that much more amazing, as I stutter through it, that this team went 13-0. and He was not healthy for about six games this year. And you know when he was healthiest? The first game and the last two. And he was unblockable in any game in which he was healthy. And he got hurt in one of the last two, meaning specifically the ACC championship game. Yeah. An injury held him out. He was going to play he in the Orange He was going Bowl. to play in the Orange Bowl, and then he couldn't play because he got hurt, and he had to do what? Ready himself for the combine, and it's a good damn thing he did instead of playing, playing in that exhibition. And people get mad when these kids don't play, but that guy just made himself a ton of money with the performance yesterday because he got healthy, he got right instead of playing in the exhibition, and he dominated yesterday, and good for him. But it pisses me off to no end, circumstantially, that this is what our team was last year, a hodgepodge of guys nursing injuries for a large bulk of the season. And it's a cap-off moment yet again to this staff and to these players and his teammates and those coaches that they went 13-0 and with three-quarters of that effing roster banged up for the season, including your most dominant players. It's Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, Seminoles, we all know how important it is to score in the red zone, but are you prepared for success in the retirement zone? The five years leading up to your retirement date and immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, I might add, Adam Tolliver, 
and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us are at midfield, that'd be me, and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in. You're already on the goal line. Whether making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family from a long-term care event, or carefully planning your legacy, the Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of advisory experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to noretirement.com. That's just one word, noretirement.com. So Brett says, Jeff, think what we could do this year. More depth, faster and stronger than last year if we stay reasonably healthy. This is a funny thing, Brett. You and I are on the same page here. I, um, I'll tell you, I, I just have a sense, and I think it's possible. And by the way, I should mention Brett is, of course, part of the Heisen Lika Law Firm chat room. And he uh, stepped up his game and dropped that in, and I'll answer that in a second. Attention, Florida, are you a victim of an auto accident? We introduce our live chat sponsor, Heisen Lika Law Firm, dedicated to representing injured clients statewide. If you've been in an accident, call Heisen Lika Law Firm at 813-803-0733 for a free consultation. Remember, there's no cost to you unless they win. Your interests come first with Heisen Lika Law Firm, the name you can trust for justice. Call 813-803-0733. You can visit the website, HeisenLikaLawFirm.com. So, Brett, I, I'm big on this, and I got into uh, uh, not, a, not an argument. That's not the right word. Um, we were socializing. <laughs> uh, I got into a discussion, and my buddy, uh, I'll, I'll call him out, my buddy Pat, Pat Burnham, uh, he and I were discussing the team, and, you know, I, I tell Pat all the time that he's a pessimist. And we were going back and forth and having fun with this, but we were we were breaking down the roster for next year. And I said, I'm telling you, I know that part of my argument that they could be more consistent at the very least, I don't think they're going to go 13-0. I doubt we're going to have back-to-back undefeated seasons. That would be something. It would be something. I also don't rule it out, okay? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point this out. I'm going to say that, I do think offensively we're going to be better. And I've said that more than once. And that raises eyebrows when I say it because, A, they had Jordan Travis last year. They don't have him this year. You're talking about the most important position on the field, quarterback. They don't have a Keon Coleman or a Johnny Wilson. So you're going to be – you're going to have to – if you think they're going to be better, that means you are predicting, projecting, I am – that one of the other receivers, if not two, take a big step forward, do something they haven't done in a college football game yet. Yes, Hakeem Williams will take a big step forward in my estimation. You bring in the kid from Alabama. You bring in the kid from LSU. You have Portier. You've got Destin Hill, who I think has a chance to also be a candidate of somebody that takes a big step forward. You have a very experienced, talented, uniquely uh, challenging uh, guard, if you will, uh, at, at tight end, meaning for defenses to to try to stop. And Morlock, who's played a lot and was really relied upon late last year, he's a guy that's going to get bigger and stronger, and he's 6'7", so he's a matchup guard problem. Like you, you can, So you have that option. You have a lot of options at running back. 
and you have a 250-pound-plus quarterback who's a bridge quarterback that, frankly, and I know this is not something that Norvell is ever going to say because it's dismissive in a weird way, and it's I, some people might find it disrespectful. I don't. I'm, I'm talking about it right now, frankly, this part of the conversation as a fan. You got a guy for one year. Use his ass. I don't care if he if he's reluctant. You run him, and he won't be reluctant to run. He grew up a ton in that year at Oklahoma, uh, Oregon State. He ran like a man when he did ran, run at Oregon State. He didn't always do that at Clemson. So I just think you have more aspects, more element uh, elements of your offense that are deeper and better. And, yes, you're going to rely upon a lot of guys – to do something that they haven't done yet at the college level. I just think they can because I'm a big believer in Mike the play caller as well. Yes, it's not that uh, Jordan Travis couldn't run designed run plays. And I'm not I'm not talking about the reluctance. I'm just saying the capability of the player and the vision. Like In terms of read options or, or creating angles for yourself, he could see those things. And then the chaos he was exceptional at, which is, okay, it's you and me, one-on-one, I'll make you miss. I'll make you miss. Like He was ridiculous at that. Open, open field one-on-one moves, Jordan's going to win. DJ, on the other hand, has vision and timing like a running back does, which is interesting because he's been a quarterback his whole football-playing life. But he understands to wait to allow blocks to set up, and he understands when to book it, when to lower the shoulder. And then if the open field thing happens, maybe he breaks a tackle at the line of scrimmage and he gets through, it's a third and two, but he breaks a tackle and now it's him against a linebacker or a safety, he has open field moves too. He'll never burn. He'll never do anything like Jordan does. But he understands the nuances of how to run the football, which is important in this offense because a lot of what we like to do with pulling the guard, it requires timing and patience. I also just don't think there's going to be a reluctance that was there a year ago. Jordan was trying to stay healthy, and they wanted him to stay healthy. Yes, I think that was a message from above, too. I think it was twofold. They knew their defense could beat most ACC teams. I think Jordan got dinged early in the season, didn't want to get hurt. They needed him. It was it was very important that he be out there, obviously. We see what was behind him. So, you, you know, you know that, all right, I'm going to need you to be healthy. Let's not go balls to the wall running the football here. That said, I also thought he was way too reluctant to run, way too reluctant. There were so many moments where he's outside the pocket and he tries to make a miracle throw for no reason, an impossible throw on the sideline. Of, it was ridiculous. Run the damn ball. And I think this year you may get some of that. I think so, too. The thing is, if you got a quarterback who needed a series off because of a hit, you know, something along those lines. Now you feel pretty good about well, Brock coming Brock Lenn's arm – that he showed in the Orange Bowl. It ain't DJU's, but it ain't weak. No, it's a good arm. And it fits what we're going to do at the top level of, at the quarterback Go position. back and look at a couple of those throws in the Orange Bowl. I, man, there are a I couple, was impressed with There them. are a couple of throws where you're like, ooh, well, that is an NFL throw. Hour number two, fourth coming.